Welcome to That's Not Cinema, a movie podcast. I'm Jeffrey Hemingway. I'll be your host. Yes, that title is a reference to Martin Scorsese. Hopefully throughout a couple of these episodes, you'll understand the joke. This podcast is basically just an excuse for me to talk about one of my favorite things in the world, which is movies. And today we are going to start with my number one movie of 2019, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Marty, take us away. Value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel type pictures, where, where the theaters become amusement parks. That's a different experience. And it's like, it's not even, it's a, I was saying earlier, it's not cinema, it's something else. 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. Runtime of 159 minutes, released in theaters July 26, 2019. Released in Blu-ray and DVD and streaming November 22nd, 2019. Reportedly cost $90 million, worldwide box office of $374 million plus and a Rotten Tomatoes score, which means everything and nothing all at the very same time, of 85% by the critics and 70% by the audience. Who the hell are you people? What is wrong? There. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's get into the summary. Quentin Tarantino's ninth feature film is a story that takes place in Los Angeles in 1969. At the height of hippie Hollywood, the two lead characters are Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, former star of a Western TV series and his longtime stunt double Cliff Booth played by Brad Pitt. Both are struggling to make it in Hollywood. They don't recognize any more, but Rick has a very famous next door neighbor, Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie. Okay. So let me lay my biases out there for the people who don't know. I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. In fact, Quentin Tarantino is my favorite filmmaker ever so my expectations going into this movie were through the roof because as the summary stated this is quentin's ninth movie when when he start 90 92 with reservoir dogs so it's it's been it's in an almost 30 year career he's made nine movies so like when one of these come out when a quentin tarantino movie comes out it's an event for people who are Quentin Tarantino fans, obviously, and even people who aren't Quentin Tarantino fans. He's one of those prestige directors where if he's dropping a movie and if you're a film fan like I am, you're heading out to see it. And even if you're a casual film fan, you're heading out to see it because over these, you know, damn near 30 years, you probably heard the name Quentin Tarantino and have at least seen at least one of his movies. So, I was over the moon when it was announced that this movie is coming out. Any idea he has, I want to go and watch it. I couldn't wait. The ninth film from Quentin Tarantino was just a no-brainer for me. So at the very least, I expected a great movie and to have a great time. And I'd probably be watching it like four or five times, (laughs) four or five times in the theater. And then who knows how many times I'd see it once it came on DVD and Blu-ray and everything like that. So that, 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 those are my, those were my expectations headed in. 
So let me set the scene a bit as far as getting into the theater. Because the whole theater experience is something I truly enjoy. I know a lot of people don't have time to go to theaters or even enjoy going to theaters. Um, but I, I, I love it. So I, I went to a very early showing. Typically, that's the time I like to go because I, I like to feel like the theater is all for me. And they turned on the projector and yelled down from the top. It's like, hey, Jeff, you ready? All right, we're starting it for you. You know, so I like to feel like I'm the only one. Not only feel like I like to be the only person in the theater watching this big screen sitting in the middle. B10. <laughs> that's my spot amc theaters comfy seats some chicken tenders some blue <laughs> some blue raspberry um icy and we're good to go so i try and set myself up that way to every movie i can go and see um and especially for a quentin tarantino like that's the perfect the ideal situation for me to watch a movie especially coming from my favorite filmmaker so I was able to do that and I accomplished that at least on the first for the first two viewings I've seen it. I was able to set that scene perfectly for myself and sit back and just enjoy the movie. Um, so, you know, there's the scene scene set. So as far as my initial reaction, I usually do a tweet review and I'll, you know, obviously post it on Twitter and I'll post it on Instagram um, at Toy Hunter, if you're interested. So my tweet review for this movie was, I just want to hang out with Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth for the rest of my life. Hashtag once upon a time in Hollywood. And yeah, that's not the most, you know, critical <laughs> breakdown of a movie. You know, I, I could have gone into more details about the review of the movie and my thoughts and feelings about it. But that's just how I felt leaving the theater. Right. Like I just felt like, can I just hang out with those guys <laughs> just for, just forever? Um, because that's how much I love it. I didn't even need to, uh, or feel the need to, you know, go into a super analytical, um, review for it. It was just like, I love it so much. It's beyond analyzing, I just want to hang out with these two characters forever, you know? And that's one of the things Quentin is so great at is drawing and creating these characters that you, and he's drawing and creating these flawed characters, mind you, that you end up just falling in love with and want to hang out with or think are just super cool and super badass or, or think are just super evil and, but like deliciously evil, you know, you know, <laughs> you, you love to hate them and you love, and but you love watching them on the screen, you know? Um, and so, so as far as my overall thoughts on the film, we, we can, we can get into those as I was kind of just going through it already. I, I loved it. Like I, I, like I fucking loved it. Right. And it's, it's, I've been, I've still been struggling with this. This movie came out <laughs> July of last year and I, I, man, it's so close to cracking my number one as far as twin as far as quentin tarantino movies are concerned but my number one is is jackie brown and and 
So just for some context, I guess it'll this will make more sense to why I love this one so much. This movie's pretty much a hangout movie, as I as I affectionately deem them, right? And what I mean by hangout movie is like you just sit back and you get to spend a day in the life or a couple days in the life with these characters, right? It's not so plot driven. It's not so here's the MacGuffin. Let's get to the next MacGuffin and let's here's the mission. Let's get here. Let's get there. We got to go there. We got to go there. It's just kind of more of, hey, this is what we're doing. All right. I got to head to work today. I got to shoot this scene. I got to film that movie. Let me go fix the antenna on the roof. Let me pick up a hippie girl on the side of the road. Let me take her to my old ranch that I used to shoot films at. You know, it's kind of, you just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of hanging out with these people and, and, and basically living life with them. And those are my, honestly, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies, hence why Jackie Brown is my number one. Jackie Brown is very much in the same mold as once upon a time in hollywood is they're very they're very um they're very much alike in that sense is that you're just you're just hanging with these people and spending time with these people um as just crazy shit happens (laughs) you know coming from the mind of quentin tarantino right um and and that's honestly that's one of my favorite things right because quentin's got for the most part most people, when they think of Quentin, I'm sure they probably think of the violence <laughs> in his movie, um, the cool action scenes in his movie, um, the great dialogue within his movies. You know, I'm not sure most people are like, yeah, you know what I love about Quentin Tarantino? He likes to hang out with the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm probably, I might be alone in that. If I'm not, let me know. But um, I, I, I personally lean personally love that right where you just get to let's just chill let's just chill and be with these people right and one of the things i love what i loved about jackie brown and and what i loved about once upon a time in hollywood and he's done this throughout all of his movies but in those two in particular especially once upon a time in hollywood he lets you just sit in the scene right and it's not a quick cutaway and we don't need to head to the next person because we're missing what's happening on that end because things are just happening, right? So there isn't any rush to, you know, what's this other character doing that we're missing? It's just, we're just, we're just, we're here. We're going to sit here. We're going to just sit back, watch as Brad Pitt feeds his dog and the dog food slowly drips out of the can and he stir and he slowly stirs his, uh, craft, his, craft box macaroni and cheese and and he turns on you know and he flips the channels on the tv and he you know pets his dog and and says hi to his dog brandy once he comes into the house like you're just like most movies might kind of skip over this thing because we got a plot to get through right whereas with with once upon a time in hollywood and in like i mentioned with jackie brown you're just kind of we're just here let's just be here let's just be present you know, and let's just 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 enjoy this moment that we're in, right? And there's so many like it's littered throughout this movie, um, where I can, which possibly might be one of the reasons why the audience score for the movie, the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, which again means everything and nothing at the same time, um, might be as low as it is at a seventy because some people, and I've I've even heard this from people uh, as far as like a, as a critique for the movie that it's too slow 
Um, I totally, totally, totally disagree. Um, because you could have long movies and and depending on how it's paced, you won't even feel it. To me, honestly, like I said, runtime is 159 minutes. Every time I watch this movie, I don't even feel it. Like I don't even feel it. I'm just because I'm so enthralled in what these characters are doing and what they're going to do next and what's happening on the screen at the present time. So I'm never wondering like, oh man, when are we moving on to the next scene? Now, not everybody may be able to handle that and enjoy that, but I think with Tarantino, because he's so good at, and so good, so good at setting scenes, letting you stay in the scenes, letting you stay in the moments. And he's so great with dialogue. It's like, like Quentin Tarantino is the filmmaker that made me care about dialogue. Honestly, once I started watching his movies, a scene with just two people in a room was just as exciting as watching, you know, Tom Cruise run through the streets of Italy. You know what I mean? Like, because the dialogue is, is so intriguing. Like you don't need too much happening around you. You're just there and you're wrapped into the unique way these people are speaking, you know, and that can only come from the mind of a Quentin Tarantino. Right. Um, and obviously there's other uh, directors who are, who are director writers who are good at that as well. But for me, it's Tarantino has this very unique way of, of allowing his characters to speak where they come off as so real and flawed and relatable, (laughs) you know, Um, that you're just like, man, I can just sit in this scene forever and just listen to these people talk forever i mean he literally made the movie like that <laughs> just the hateful eight right it's just it's just eight people in a room just talking <laughs> you know what I mean? you know what i mean and the movie's amazing like you don't need too much happening because we're just talking and we all hate each other you know what i mean so um so as far as when it comes to dialogue and tarantino he's he's so good at that he's he's one of the best if not the best at that and in, in my very humble opinion um so yeah so i i clearly i i'd love this movie and I love the performances and I mean it's 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 even hard to pick a favorite thing but I'm going to hold myself to it and we're going to kind of break down a couple favorite lines favorite scenes performances blah 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 so I think as far as like a a best moment (laughs) for me um in once upon a time in Hollywood it's pretty tough, man, because I I love I, I I love everything in this damn in this damn movie. Um, <laughs> but um, man, if I had to, if I had to pick a best moment, I'd say the sequence of of Leo as Rick on the set of Lancer, where he and I mean like from the start where he shows up hungover. And Cliff is, you know, Cliff goes, you know, Cliff drops him off and reminds him, like, hey, you're Rick. Hey, you're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. And then, you know, you get in and then the director comes in and they have their whole back and forth. And then, you know, where he even where he then goes and meets uh, Julia Butters character. Um, who is phenomenal just like this very rare you'll find great kid actors 
Um, and man, she's so good. <laughs> like she is, she is so good in this movie. And 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 then obviously you move into starting the scene, him fucking up the scene, back to the trailer, back to the scene, and then he's just killing it, right? So like I think for as far as best moment for me, I think that's the best moment. And even though it's broken up, you know, within the movie, you're, you're going back from 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 Cliff um, and then from Margot as, as Sharon Tate as well, and you're coming back and forth, you know. And you'll 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 be into something, and then you'll come back to back on the set of Lancer, um, with with Leo, and and but if I could combine those together, and just kind of watch his whole day on the set of Lancer, and watch that watch that go through, I, I, that would be my favorite or my best moment of the movie. I'd say I'm kind of cheating there, but I made the rules, and it's my podcast, so deal with it. Um, <laughs> um. So with me, with that being my best moment, my favorite scene would come out of that too. I think the, the obvious scene, I think most people would point to would be the, the freak out moment in the trailer. What the fuck was that? Jesus Christ. Fuck. Shit. Damn it, Rick. I swear to God. Fucking lines and burst yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Well, you're drinking all night. Fucking drinking again. Eight goddamn fucking whiskey sours. <sighs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> you're a fucking miserable drunk. You fucking remembering your fucking lines. I practiced them and now I don't look like I goddamn practiced them. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. <laughs> I couldn't stop at fucking three or four of Why? You're a fucking alcoholic. You fucking drink too much, huh? Every fucking night, every fucking night. That's it. That's fucking it. That's fucking it. You stop drinking right now. All right? Make a promise to yourself you're going to stop fucking drinking. Look at that little fucking girl. You're going to show that goddamn Jim Stacy. You're gonna show all of them on that goddamn fucking set who the fuck Rick Dalton is, all right? Let me tell you something. You don't get these lines right. I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out tonight, all right? Your brains are gonna be splattered all over your goddamn pool. I mean it, motherfucker. Get your shit together. And and it's a great it's a great scene. I mean, it's hard not to pick that scene, honestly, right? But my favorite thing is. Is the aftermath the aftermath of that scene, right after he freaks out on himself and curses himself out and makes fun of himself and explodes and threatens to blow his own brains out if he doesn't nail <laughs> if he doesn't nail this next scene and nail these lines, you know, um, which it's just that's just a hilarious scene. The aftermath of that is just cause, so that moment's happening in the theater. And and <laughs> and he finishes he finishes his whole tirade. And I honestly I audibly sit back and say because I'm usually alone in these theaters because I watch movies super early in the morning. I audibly sit back and say, "Oh, he's gonna kill this shit!" Like like I just like I just felt it the way Tarantino filmed it. You know the way the way uh, 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 Leo Leo performed it. It was just like, man, this is clearly all building up because obviously it's not a comedy, right? 
even though there's very funny parts and that scene is very 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 funny um this is uh, this is obviously at least I, where i was thinking it was going it's obviously going to build up to him nailing this next line and and this next this next scene as as he performs it and and that's like the tricky part of this movie because it's a movie about making movies and so when i'm talking scenes i'm talking scenes within the scene um which is a whole other level um and like you know well, quentin tarantino ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> and so so my favorite scene would be the start of the scene within lancer the tv show they're shooting the pilot they're shooting within the movie after the freak out and him you know messing up his lines and he just fucking nails it like my my hot take i don't even know if this is a hot take but my hot take from this movie is that this is leonardo DiCaprio's best performance like truly i th- i think it's his best performance i mean obviously you you think back to wall street you think back you know to I mean, leo's a, leo's amazing right but I, I for me the only one i'd put close to this was uh, was another tarantino vehicle which was django unchained and his calvin candy character i felt like he tapped in to that calvin candy character within once upon a time in hollywood within lancer <laughs> you know what i mean it's almost inception like kind of kind of speaking like that he was leo was also great in inception uh but i i for him to be able to for what he was able to do with calvin candy and django to even just to bring that with rick in the movie and then in all of the things he's playing within the movie i just thought like man what he did in Django, he just did in in this twenty minute scene, right? And that's after again, probably one of the most you know funny scenes and and best scenes in the movie, of the freak out in the trailer, and I was just like, dude, he is murdering this, right? And then obviously Julia Butters' character, you know, tells him after after the scene is over, she's like, that's some of the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life, and she's like eight years old or whatever, but obviously she'd been on a few sets you know um working with a bunch of actors while she's you know performing uh um performing on a tv show and like it was almost it almost felt very meta it felt like tarantino had her channel the audience and like because you were thinking this very same thing like that's some of the best acting i've ever seen in my entire life you know what i mean and that's a movie with and that's a tv show within a movie you know, and so the layers of what Leo had to do and and there's a small thing he does in this movie that I I picked up on on the first view, but it, it, some, it may take a couple of viewings to pick up on when he's Rick. When Leo was Rick Dalton, he has a bit of a speech impediment. Right. And he'll stutter here and there. And it's usually when he's when he's nervous or when he's not confident, when he lacks confidence in himself, he'll he'll begin to to stutter and stammer. But you notice when he's acting, when he's acting, when he's acting, he's not messing up his lines, mind you, and he's not drunk. <laughs> you know, um, the stutter and the stammer go away. The speech impediment go away. It's never even an issue. You don't even ever worry about it, right? Because that's the thing about 
the character, the way Tarantino wrote him, is that he is this very flawed character and he is a miserable a self-proclaimed miserable drunk and you know and a self-proclaimed has been you know and he has this speech impediment but he's super super talented you know he just can't ever fully put it together except for in these moments in these flashes right and and even the even the director is telling him that you know when they're in a dressing room and he's like you know, he's telling him, "Oh, we're gonna give you this real hippie hair and this, and this real droopy mustache and this long, this um, this hippie kind of jacket." And and then you know, and Rick's like, "Well, how will the people know it's me?" And it's like, that's the point. I don't want them to know it's you. I want you to act because you're an actor. <laughs> you know, I ca- I cast you to be an actor, not a TV cowboy. And and obviously the director saw the talent within him. And even when you, when you're, when you're hearing other people talk about his movies, um, for instance, Al Pacino's character, um, uh, he plays, uh, uh, Mr. Schwartz, um, Al Pacino's great in this movie too. Um, you know, and he notices it too, you know, as he's telling Lee, as he's telling Rick that I've watched a bunch of, you know, I did a Rick Dalton double feature and he, and he watched a few of his films with his wife and, and he can obviously see the talent in him. And so, you know, for it to go from him, you know, getting in his own way, as he usually does, to then him freaking out on himself and reprimanding himself, to then him doing one of the best performances he's probably done in his career. Um, and I mean that for Rick and Leo. <laughs> Again, the kind of inceptionness of this. Uh, it it's just it's just phenomenal. So that's so that's my that's a long tangent, but that's my um favorite scene is the scene in Lancer after he he freaks out. Um, again, I know people will usually pick the freak out scene because that's it's great. Um, and then obviously there's there's of course you have the the Spawn Ranch scene. Um, you you definitely have the um the uh the uh the Bruce Lee scene between Cliff and, and Bruce Lee. Um, that seems amazing as well. Um, and of course the ending, um, the, the ending is just classic, classic, very, very classic, uh, Tarantino, um, especially when as the violence is concerned. Um, and I think that's probably what most people know him for. So it's like, so to go throughout this entire movie, you sit through this whole movie to get to that end part if that's what you were like coming in looking for as far as the Tarantino movie is concerned. But for me, it was, it was, it, it's the, it's the journey, not the goal, right? It's the, it's the process before you get to the prize at the end, you know, and, and Tarantino's so good at, 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 at keeping you, you know, hooked throughout the process before you get to the payoff in the end. And obviously the, the the violence is glorious <laughs> in, at the at the end of the uh, at the end of the movie. Um, so yeah, so so favorite scene is that right there, and I'll I'll uh, in fact I'll play a little bit of it here. Come on in, boss. <laughs> See, honey, I told you they'd come to parlay. <laughs> you all right, honey? Oh, she's just fine. Ain't you sure? 
I'm fine, Scott. They haven't hurt you? Not yet, I ain't. But that can all change like that. <laughs> Say, where'd you get that limp? From the war. Which side? I rode with the British cavalry in India. What'd they call that outfit? Bengal Lancers. <laughs> no, 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 that is funny. That is funny. That's not so funny. Don't you get it? Bengal Lancer, hmm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of funny. It is. <laughs> you do know kidnapping is a hanging offense. <laughs> it's those blowing the heads off little girls. <laughs> they can only hang me once, right? So, you come down here for a, for a Boston social, or we gonna talk price? How much? I'd say $50,000 and buy me a whole lot of chicken mole in Mexico. It's a lot of money. Well, she's a lot of little girl. Or don't you agree? I agree. So what's next? Well, I'll send one of my boys out to your ranch to fill you in on all the details, but, uh... And one detail I'm gonna fill you in on right now is this. I don't want no Beaner Bronco Buster handing me that $50,000. I want the old man himself. Murdoch Lancer puts $50,000 in my lap! Or I'll eat this little pitcher down a well! You got that, Boston? Huh? Yeah. Okay, so jumping from favorite scene, I then want to go into my favorite line of the movie. And it actually happens pretty early. So as I was mentioning before, so Rick meets up with, you know, you're at the very start of the movie and you're seeing Rick and Cliff um, driving in the car and they show up to this restaurant where he meets Al Pacino's character, Mr. Swartz. And he's going through his career and just letting him know, again, Al Pacino's amazing in this. Rare, rare, rare to find an Al Pacino performance where he isn't screaming. And Al Pacino's a, a, a legend. Um, but, you know, for the most part, he's usually typically screaming in something because <laughs> he's Al Pacino. Uh, but, you know, but this was but this was great. It was, it was subtle Pacino and it was it was terrific. Right. So he's explaining to him, like, people are going to get it in their heads that you're just the guy to beat up. And they won't ever see you as a star anymore. So we got to get you to these Italian movies so you could still be a star, you know? And, you know, Rick then explains to Cliff that Italian movies suck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, and, and, and Cliff and Cliff pushes back. He's like, man, how many of those you actually seen, dude? You know what I mean? And Rick's like, I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough that I don't want to do them, right? So, but that, but this happens after my favorite line. So this this line happens, and at this moment, I was like, "Oh, cinema!" <laughs> I'm like, "We're here, okay." This is a movie. Like, like to be fair, it's I felt that way once the once the title cards came across and it said written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. I was like, "Oh, cinema, we're here." 
Um, but, but, but like, I was like cinema, <laughs> you know, when, when they get out and, 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 <laughs> and Rick's like, <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll play it here. What's got you so upset, man? Well, coming face to face with the failures that is your career ain't worth crying about, then I don't know what the fuck is. Right. That guy in there turned you down? Oh, he wants to help me get into Italian movies. Well, then what's the problem? I gotta do fucking Italian goddamn movies. That's a fucking problem. Come on. Fucking bullshit. Zero hands, zero hands. No matter where I cry in public, nobody remembers the fuck I am anyway, huh? <laughs> it just, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing. The way he delivered that line and 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 brad and brad's reaction and he gives him the glasses and like not in front of the Mex don't cry in front of the mexicans i mean just just uh like this movie's not explicitly a comedy i guess it's a comedy drama if you had to place it in any genre or any uh any genre or anything um but it, i mean it just just that that scene in the way again the way he perf- way he performed those lines were were just fan fucking tastic and I was like okay all right we're in Leo's going all the way like let's do it and obviously as I stated earlier I think this is the best performance of his career and and he he from that moment I was like oh we're in we're in for a great one here um outside of it just being a Quentin Tarantino movie <laughs> like we're in for a great one here that's that i'm like that's how leo's bringing it okay okay we're here we're here so that so that would be my favorite line and again that happens early and there's a ton of them throughout the movie right i hell i'd go back to um uh julia butters who plays the uh the young girl in in lancer that um that uh rick dalton's character kidnaps and and the moment where you know she's she's kind of <laughs> explaining to him you know about being a professional and being an actor and she's like eight years old and obviously he's like you know as he as he says himself it has been at this point and and she's letting him know and and i I love it when she says i believe it's the job of an actor and i say actor not actress because the word actress is nonsensical (laughs) I, i just i just love that line right um and her her delivery and their chemistry together was just was just great. It was just great. So I'd I'd say so. Favorite favorite line um for me is uh is definitely Leo um in this. And then again, we're heading into favorite performance. It could be it could be so many, right? I think as you've heard, as you've been hearing me say, I, obviously my favorite performance is Leo because I think it's the best performance of his career. Which is funny because during the award season. He didn't get much acclaim for this. Now, obviously, we had Walking Phoenix and Joker, and and I think that's deserved. I, I think he should have got it for the Master years ago, but you know, this is the Oscars, and you can't expect much. Um, you know, and Brad got a lot of acclaim, which which rightfully so, because you can argue this is Brad's best performance as well. You know, because Brad is Brad is also phenomenal in this movie. Um, and and you can argue. Margot should have been nominated for this role too. You know, she got nominated for Bombshell, but uh, but she was she was just as great as the two of them were as well. And so you know for, and then if I mean if you go down the line of of performances throughout it again, I'd I'd, I'd call on Julie, Julia Butters again. Um, I thought Al Pacino was amazing. Uh, Mike Moe as Bruce Lee was great. I thought um, 
all of the uh margaret Qualley as the as as uh as pussycat <laughs> um you know uh um oh what's her why am i blanking on it bruce dern bruce dern was um was amazing um in this in this small scene like the cameo parts in this like the scenes are so small so small but but left such an impression on you you know um uh dakota fanning as red was was amazing um like i i, I honestly did not even recognize that it was dakota fanning until probably my second or third viewing i was like oh shit but i think what i, I think i ended up just looking at the cast and just seeing every who all was in it and it was just like wait who is dakota fanning and then going to see it again it was like that's dakota fanning you know what i mean so like she was I, she was unrecognizable which is a great thing obviously for a movie you, you want to you don't ever want to be so distracted you know that you can't um stay within the movie right you you don't you don't want to be like oh that takes me kind of out of the movie you want to see the people kind of get lost in the role um and so yeah so i i i mean brad brad what brad was able to bring to this to this performance was just uh, just the <laughs> just the kind of the 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 veteran gruff kind of uh kind of a just happy to be alive kind of a dude you know what i mean and and just played it played it so well um his performance in 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 the spawn ranch scene the way that whole the way that whole scene is set it, it tantino almost shoots it like a like a horror movie um and the 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 tension with within those moments right before he gets up to the house and and sees uh bruce dern's character who who ran the spawn ranch you know back when they were making making films there i mean that whole scene on its own is just like dude and then you get into you know the whole fight scene at the end and that performance was like i mean because he takes the acid dipped cigarette right and these these hippies come in and he's like out of it but he's still a little bit aware still aware enough right to be able to kick their ass (laughs) so it was and and just the 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 comedy of it um and then just the the relationship between um leo and brad as uh as rick and and cliff was just so great as well you know they they were able like it made sense for for brad to get uh best supporting actor like he pretty much had that award uh, wrapped up early on but like he doesn't get any he said it he said as much in his speeches he doesn't get that if he doesn't have the great scene partner in leo you know and and, and yeah so like obviously so my my favorite performance in this movie is is leo and and yeah he didn't get a, a lot of you know um uh praise or or acknowledgement through you know i think something kind of similar happened to him around titanic like because the movie was so big, you know, and everything else around it got so much acclaim that you almost forgot Leo was leading it. You know what I mean? And I felt like this, I felt the same way around this year's um, award season where like he was definitely in the category and definitely got nominated. But, you know, kind of was one kind of was one of those unlucky years where it's like, obviously, you're going up against, um, like, like I said, Joaquin and Joker, which I thought would deserve it. And then. And then let, let, let me not forget Adam Driver in in Marriage Story, who was was just 
on another level. Like I was making an argument, Adam Driver probably should have won over over Joaquin. But most of the time, the awards kind of go to the people who do the most acting. Not, and that's not to take anything away from Joaquin. But like people, you tend to react to the most acting instead of the best acting. Um, you know, I and I'd argue, I'd argue Adam Driver had did the best acting. I mean, uh, right up, right up with um, Leo, of course, in in um in Marriage Story, and in Leo for Once Upon a Time. Uh, but you know, I, Walking was uh, was deserving, and and you know, Joker was was Joker was what it was. Uh, it's in my it's in my top ten. Um, but that he that Le- Joaquin's performance carried that movie for sure, um, and so the award was deserved. But I, I just wish Leo would have got a little bit more acclaim and a little bit more recognition for for how fucking great he was in this movie, man. I you know he he just didn't get enough in my opinion. Honestly, that's just that's just how how I feel about it. So for favorite performance, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, hands down. Um, and so obviously I'm going through all of these favorites. There's got to be some weak points, right? Because not every movie is perfect, even though I'd make an argument for a handful of Tarantino films <laughs> for for being perfect. But I think um, if I had to, and this is nitpicking, but if I if I had to pick pick one thing, I'd probably say when we get to the Playboy Mansion and you have the uh, I'm blanking on the actor who um who yeah I'm blanking on the actor who who played Steve McQueen but basically essentially he was just there to give us you know expository <laughs> details about um Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski and their relationship with the uh, Jason Seabury uh and that was kind of it you know, and it was like ah, I would have preferred to have actually seen that dynamic between Sharon and Seabury and Polanski instead of just being told what it was. You know, um, which would have meant more Margot Robbie, which I am always here for. Um, give me more Margot Robbie um, all the time. Um, but you know, I I think ultimately it was it was fine for 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 what it was but damian lewis damian lewis played uh steve mcqueen um you know and he didn't, didn't really look like steve mcqueen either but <laughs> but so that, that's probably another another nitpick there but yeah that scene there i would have i would have preferred if we could have seen the dynamic between those three instead of just being told it you know which again probably would have made for a longer movie but I make Tarantino make your movies as long as you want. Like I'm, I'm here to watch them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Marvel movies and Tarantino movies. You want to go three hours plus? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, you know. So again, that that it's it's very nitpicky. Like it's like it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Um, it's just it's just one of those a little bit of a missed opportunity. But again, most people. I mean, most people aren't gonna sit through a four hour movie like like I would. Um, so, and you want to put it in cinemas, you want to put it in as, as a reasonable amount of time so people can blah, 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 you know, movie politics, whatever. Um, so I, that's about it. If I had to pick a least favorite part, that's, that would be it for me. So my next, next bullet point, um, I, 
admittedly stole this from uh the ringers the rewatchables podcast um and they they tend uh bill simmons uh the rewatchables podcast which i love i love listening to movie podcasts it's what hence why i'm making my own um and they always ask who won the movie um and and it's it's just one of my favorite questions. So I was like, I'm just gonna steal that, and <laughs> but I'm but I'll give credit that I stole it. So um so yeah so who won the movie? I think the obvious answer, if you've been listening this far along, <laughs> you you would probably assume we're about forty something minutes in. I think the obvious answer you would assume would be Leo, and uh, and Leo obviously definitely most definitely has a case in in my book but i think honestly my answer is quentin i think quentin won the movie um and who won the movie basically basically it's just like when you walked out of the theater uh, well how i interpret it anyway um people you could interpret it any other way you you feel free but when i think of who won the movie i think of when i walked out of theater what was going across your mind and who or what were you thinking about and i always think i was like god damn tarantino did it again you know and that, that like that's what was that what was in my that's what was in my head and then obviously the chemistry between rick and cliff um so you can argue rick and cliff's chemistry won the movie but i i but i'd give that to tarantino because he directed it and wrote it so i'd say for my winner of the movie i'd say it's it's tarantino for not again delivering another classic in my opinion and and i know it's early but sue me i'm calling it a classic for delivering another classic um with his ninth ninth film um the penultimate film as he's claiming he's only doing 10 um i hope he i hope that's not true but even if he does do 10 it's i'll be there to watch the 10th and i'll follow whatever else he does whether it's like tv or books or whatever it is but anyway um yes for for his ninth film delivering once again um you know uh, coming up with this concept uh movie about making movies um another hangout movie that i enjoy um you know just making one of the best movies in my opinion the best movie of 2019 um obviously there's a extremely strong category (laughs) for parasite obviously um and that'll be the number spoiler alert number two episode of this podcast will be parasite um because i'm just going to go down my top 10 list and we'll and then we'll go from there after those after we're done with those stills 10 movies but um yeah my 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 winner of this movie is is tarantino i i just i just think man there's very few directors who can get superstars and movie stars in their film write them in such a way to where you're not watching the movie like i'm looking at leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt it's like no no no. i'm looking at rick dalton and cliff booth you know what i mean and sharon tate you know what i'm saying like that like that's being the writer and director uh, you know it's just it's just phenomenal so yeah so winner of the movie quentin tarantino <laughs> I think that is uh, that is my that again that may be surprising after listening to me you know uh, praise Leo for forty minutes but uh, it is what it is <laughs> he's he's the winner of the movie for me um uh yeah so 
the last question of the pod, which I'm going to try and make it a, a reoccurring thing, which um, hopefully kind of explains the joke of the pod, of the name. So the name, That's Not Cinema, um, is pulled from the quote of Martin Scorsese um, expressing his opinions on big franchise movies, even though everyone kind of uh, um, specified it to Marvel movies, but he was talking all big fans. And and he said Marvel movies, so to everyone else's credit, <laughs> he, he did point out Marvel movies, but he later explained that he don't know the difference between Marvel or DC or Fast, Fast or Mission Impossible. Like, to him, if it's big in its franchise, it's Marvel movies. So, you know, it is what it is. But, so that's where the name um, that's where the name comes from, and and he, you know, obviously, famously or infamously now, stated how Marvel movies aren't cinema. That's not cinema. Um, and the first time I heard that, I just thought, I was like, man, that'd be a hell of a name for a podcast. And so, I made a podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so that's so that's how that so that's how that happened. Like, I, like if you thought this is gonna be like me shitting on martin scorsese um for an hour at a time nah like I, I i i love martin scorsese he's he's one of the greatest and if not the greatest for certain people um filmmakers of 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 all time so like that's i was obviously not gonna be what it was i just thought it was uh, it was i mean fuck him for that quote but like i i thought the quote was awesome <laughs> like, you know what i mean because i mean comic book movies are my heart and and you know like come on guy but totally understand his perspective and what he's saying. Obviously, for the for the movies that aren't the big franchise movies, they're losing space in the theater for the smaller movies to get in. So that ultimate point, I get. But he also has his he goes he goes deeper, right? And he explains that they aren't the movies of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Yeah, and he's saying that's not what the Marvel movies and every other big franchise movies do, which I would totally disagree. And hearing when I even when I heard that the first time, it basically just let me know. Oh, so you haven't seen them? Because <laughs> because if you if you watched them and came away believing that there aren't human beings expressing or conveying emotion or in psychological experiences to another human being. Um, you just haven't watched, you just haven't watched enough of them. I'd argue. He said he tried to watch them or whatever. I don't know how many of those he actually watched. Now, to be fair, are there moments where there's a tree talking to a raccoon for sure? But just because it's a tree talking to a raccoon doesn't mean you can't convey emotion and psychological experiences through that. You know what I mean? It's very similar to if you go back, back, back in the day with fucking like Nosferatu and shit like that. Like, are those not cinema because it, it's a vampire conveying emotion and psychological experiences with another vampire or human being? You know what I mean? So it's it's, you know, that's kind of all. Yeah, you know whatever um so so i obviously I, I i disagree with that right and for me what i'd say is cinema to me is 
a movie that makes you feel anything is cinema. Um, and and I I'm fucking nobody. Like obviously I'm not Martin Scorsese. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I just I just have my opinion. That's all I got. But to me, cinema would be a movie that makes you feel anything, anything at all. Hatred, joy, sadness, fear, anxiety. If a movie makes you feel anything, that's cinema, right? So for our last for our last question of every pod, which I will try and remember to make my last question of every pod, we will deem the movie that's not cinema or that's cinema. And I think this is a pretty obvious answer if you've been listening to this if you if you stayed this long and been listening to me this long. Once upon a time once upon a time in Hollywood, that's cinema. <laughs> I think that's an obvious answer, right? That's that that's an obvious one. Um so yeah, so so that was the inaugural episode of this podcast. I'll definitely get better as these go along. Um, I'll definitely be bringing on guests. Um, I just kind of, I've been postponing this forever and I just felt the need to just like, let's do it. I mean, you know, it is, uh, what the hell is today's date? It's March 17th. It's St. Patrick's day. Right. Um, and if you're anywhere in the world, (laughs) if you haven't been living under a rock, like Jared Leto, um, you know, we're going through the whole coronavirus thing and the COVID-19 thing. So we're all quarantined in our houses. And if I've got nothing but time on my hands, why the hell not am I doing that podcast I've always wanted to do? So here we are. <laughs> That's not cinema. Episode one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I fucking love this movie. It was my favorite movie of 2019. And this was a lot of fun to do. Um, I can't wait to do the next one. Like I said, the next one will be, um, Parasite and I'll definitely, I'm thinking I'm definitely going to grab a, a, a guest for that one. I have, um, I have someone in mind that I definitely want to do that episode with for sure. Who's definitely more experienced in foreign films. Cause I've watched a few, but this, it's, it's one of the few I've seen Parasite. Um, so uh, so yeah, so that'll be episode number two, and um, yeah, so as I explained for the last question, um, as always, if a movie makes you feel anything, anything at all, that's cinema. Peace. Value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel type pictures, where where the theaters become amusement parks. That's a different experience. And it's like, it's not even, it's a, I was saying earlier, it's not cinema, it's something else. It's not cinema, it's something else. It's not cinema, it's something else. It's not cinema, it's something else.